Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got another special guest. This is Dustin McKibben. He owns Art Home Photo, and he is the guy who we use for the majority of our real estate photos. Ooh. Any of them that look good, anyways. We've got some <laughs> folks who go out there for us, uh, who work for us, who take some okay photos. But if you really want your properties to look awesome, Dustin's the guy because they're good quality photos. He also has uh, his drone license. I see him rant sometimes about how other folks don't have a drone license and are still flying a drone. Uh, he does real estate photography. It's really good quality. It's reasonably priced. That's his primary business. We're also going to talk to him about some rental properties, some real estate activity, uh, relationship stuff, all kinds of stuff in this podcast. This is Dustin. McKibben. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Excited to dig into whatever value add I can give you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a guy that actually gets really upset every time. Uh, he's in like uh, one of the groups that I'm in, and he's always upset uh, that I don't use him for photos. I think I told you him. Uh, yes. Kevin? Yes. Yeah. yeah he's like, right. Yeah. He's like, he gets upset. I would get upset, too, if I wasn't the best. Well, I remember. <laughs> I remember when you got upset whenever we tried to use an alley and you texted me and you're like, hey, bro, you could use me. I just know what you guys deserve. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, first question. Just want to smash you right off the bat. Give it to me. Uh, Dakota tried to get you to lower your price. Mm. <laughs> and you I did? You, you were talking about volume. You were like, volume. We can do a lot more volume. Tried to get you to lower your price. You were explaining how it really would actually end up being detrimental to your business. And I think it's a something that folks who are in photography will do in order to get business, just like real estate agents. They mm -hmm. do the same thing. They're like, oh, I'll cut my commission down to almost nothing so that I can get your listing. And then they end up not providing as good a service because they're stressed out of their mind. So talk about that a little bit. Uh, why do you keep your prices where you keep your prices at? And um, I mean, you're doing something right. You got a Tesla Model Y, so... <laughs> Sure. Uh, happy to kind of talk through business structure, pricing, et cetera. Um, so I was fortunate enough to jump into this business a little bit later in the game. There was already someone really dominating the market when I jumped in and he was like charging like a hundred dollars a house. Wow. And he was like flooded with business, just going gangbusters crazy and like doing a great job. Like he was not like a bad photographer by any means. Um, but what I quickly found by kind of talking with him is he was on like the border of bankruptcy. Like, I'm like, how can someone be crushing it and also be like on the edge of bankruptcy? And so I realized pretty early on, I didn't want to price myself in a way where I couldn't sustain my business. And so I was like, I've got to have minimums. I've got to have standards in order to really just like keep providing for me and my family and also provide for my agents with through my own like mental health, et cetera. And so I was like, I'm going to have, I'm going to come in and not be like the cheapest guy in the game. I'm going to come in, I'm going to be like the most expensive guy, but I'm going to deliver and show up for my clients each and every day. And that's kind of how I've treated everything I do. Um, by always, like if I say, I'm going to be there for you guys or anyone, like I'm going to be there and I'm going to have those photos back to you the next day. And that's like, what you're paying for in that premium price. Um, whereas like other guys that I know that are the cheaper, they're like, I just don't feel like getting up this morning. You know, I'm not going to go shoot that house. I'm like, well, we're planning on getting that on the market tomorrow. Um, we really need that. 
like, yeah, sorry, my back's kind of a little achy. So that'll never happen with us. And through that process, by having those little extra margins, we'll call them, we've been able to scale. Now we have two other photographers for us. We actually have a full-time admin coming to work for us uh, next month that we're really excited. That'll take a lot of the, the minutia out of the game. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if I answered your question at all. Yeah. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer your specific question. This knowledge has made us over a million dollars and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below. Yeah, that kind of goes into my next question too, which is like how your business has grown, like where mm. you came from when you first started, the early struggles of getting started, some of the headaches and the things that people don't think about. Because I know a lot of folks um, seemingly like, uh, this is just like picking on women a little bit, but it seems like <laughs> women who just got out of like either high school or college, they're like, I'm going to do photography on the side as like a fun thing. Mm -hmm. And they buy an expensive camera and they take a photo class and they're like, let's go like I'm gonna solicit all my friends and like start taking wedding photos and things like that and right. they, they kind of do a blanket thing too where they're just like I'll do photos for any occasion yeah and so what are some of the things that you struggled with early on and where did you come from and how did you grow to understand these concepts so that your organization could be more uh, bountiful and exceptional and when did you start are we talking so I've been a photographer for a very long time. So are we talking real estate specific or? No, just, just your whole journey. My whole journey. As a photographer. Buckle up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I'm one of the very few, uh, a rare bird who actually went to school for photography. Uh, went to school up in uh, Rochester, New York. Uh, a little school that is like world renowned in photographic engineering. Um, because my parents were like, you cannot go to art school. We're not paying for one of those dancey, happy, <laughs> go lucky art degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, if we're going to help you go to college, like gotta be an engineer. <laughs> and I was like, well, gosh, darn it. I really like taking pictures. And so I was like, how can I marry those two? And I found the only school in the freaking world who offered photographic engineering. What's the name of the school? Uh, RIT. RIT, the only school in the entire world. That yeah. does this <laughs> but at the same time i was pretty young dumb immature and got off like that first little taste of freedom when you get to school out of state and you're in orientation and the group leader's like hey dustin like i need you to come over here like we're gonna go take this calculus test uh to see which calculus you're gonna be in and i was like what like why is no one else in my group have to take this test and she's like well that's because they're in advertising i'm like advertising like, yeah, like we have a whole advertising photography program as well. But you were in like the select few that got into the photographic engineering program. I was like, gosh, advertising sounds like a lot more fun. I was like, how do I get into that? She's like, oh, you just have to sign this piece of paper saying you're switching majors. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. If I don't have to take calculus and I can still hang out with all these guys and take pictures, let's do it. Um, and so I quickly like 
within, without really realizing what I was doing, I was totally changing the trage trajectory of what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Because the average person who comes out of a photographic engineering program is working for like Xerox, Kodak, you know, Raytheon, like big tech companies developing the cameras versus using the cameras. Mm. And I was like, I just don't really want to be in an office, like in like a clean room, making sensors and whatnot. Protecting government secrets. Correct. Like a lot of my friends I went to school with work in the satellite sector, like taking satellite imagery and like mm. cleaning it up using computers and algorithms and whatnot. But I was like, that sounds really cool now in hindsight in my thirties. But, um, so I guess to kind of pivot in that story in high school, a friend and I used to DJ and we would do wedding DJing. And what it started by being in high school, seeing like what we'd pay someone to DJ the prom. And I was like, gosh, we're paying them how much? We've got a computer. Like, we could do this. <laughs> Billy Bob's got some subs we can pull out of his car. We can wire something together. And so we started doing proms, which led to weddings, which led to me taking pictures at weddings to market ourselves. Mm -hmm. At that time, like, MySpace had just become a thing, really dating myself here. And so we were like, gosh, Dustin, your pictures are pretty good. That's what led to my passion for photography. So fast forward, moved to New York, go to school. My buddy's like, hey, we should DJ weddings in New York. Like, how cool would that be being from small town Fort Wayne? I'm like, yeah, that would be pretty rad. Make a little extra cheddar. And so we go to this bridal show. We do a, we do a booth or whatever. And people are like, gosh, you guys are way too cheap. You must not be real DJs. Because we were charging Indiana prices in New York. And we're like, whoa, we've really undercut ourselves. But there was a photographer across from us. And he saw my work because he saw the photos we had like printed out of our events that we had DJ. He's like, God, who took those photos? And I was like, oh, I did. He's like, have you ever thought about photographing weddings? And I was like, gosh, I mean, sure, I've thought about it, but that seems like that'd be a lot of work. He's like, well, why don't you come shoot weddings for us? And he was a terrible photographer, but a great businessman. And so I got to sort of learn through him the nuts and bolts on how to run a business. And that sort of is what led me into sort of wanting the financial freedom. He had a bunch of rental properties in New York and seeing that like wedding photography allowed you that freedom during the week to kind of manage those, take care of those. You know, if somebody needed something, he wasn't at a nine to five where he had to leave and be like, oh, I need to like take an early lunch to go check on a leaky pipe or go mow a lawn or whatever. Um, and so I quickly realized like that was kind of the life I wanted to set up. And so that's when I started really pursuing wedding photography as sort of my primary source of revenue. And then it wasn't until fast forward. Now we moved back to Fort Wayne, um, and we were getting ready to build our first home that I was like, gosh, how can I make just a little bit of extra money to like help subsidize this build process? And that's when we kind of got into real estate photography. It was just trying to make a little extra. Now we here we are. Nice. How long ago was that for the real estate? Uh, that was that was probably in gosh twenty. Be about five years ago. So whatever. Twenty eighteen. Sure. What's the biggest difference between like taking photos of people and taking photos of uh, like buildings? Is there a big difference, or is it pretty similar? I think it just depends on your personality. So like the majority of real estate photographers are pretty introverted people. They choose real estate because they don't have to deal with people. Mm -hmm. Like all the people who work for me are, you know, pretty 
introverted individuals. Um, so I think that was out the gate. What separated me was like, I wanted to love and care about the realtors and just kind of like help them in any way I could. And they weren't used to that. They were like, Whoa, like you actually want to take good photos for me? Like, how can I help you kind of mentality? Mm -hmm. And that sort of, I think took them aback. Um, but as far as like, you know, the differences between real estate and people, I would say, uh, obviously they're vastly different subject matters, but like how you treat the client is the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, or like, do you have to do different angles? And whereas like, you know, humans look better from the top down and the, whereas like, you know, maybe houses are bottom up or like differences in like the way that you have to actually take them. Sure. I mean, like we use different cameras, we use different, oh, different cameras, lenses. Too, different lenses. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, the process is totally different. Um, but I think we, in between these stories of weddings and houses, we also got into video and I think getting into video really helped craft like a mindset of telling a story. Mm -hmm. And I think translating that into real estate photography is like, okay, how can we tell the story of this home? Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before and we've tried several different CRMs and Ari Simply has been the best. Ari Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls. The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try Ari Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now. Um, is really led to some success. Like for example, one of our little, let's call it secret sauces, uh, that really separates us from others is like we shoot the house at the same height mm. or at least close to it for every shot so that when you're looking through it on Zillow, like it's a consistent flow mm. uh, from angles. There's no like looking down at a sink or like laying on the floor, like looking up at the ceiling, like it's consistent flow throughout mm. the house. I like so. it. So uh, when you moved from New York to Indiana, did any part of you want to stay in New York? Mm. No, every part of me wanted to go somewhere warm. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I was, I was bound and determined to go somewhere with like water. Um, so I was like California, Carolinas. That was the goal. Uh, one of those two. And in fact, like senior year of college, went to California, did like a road trip along the coast with uh, my college roommates. And we're all like, oh, where do we all want to be and whatnot? Um, at the time, I was still like dating my now wife. Um, and I knew like I had to like I was going there to prepare the sales pitch on like how to get her to be OK with going there as well, because she is like a Fort Wayne homebody through and through, love her to death. And um, so I then came back, booked a ticket to take her out there and of course it rained the whole <laughs> week we were there and she's like i don't want to be somewhere where it rains the oh whole my time gosh. was <sighs> it was it new york city new york no was so it's like rochester so it's okay. about like it's so funny so you live in fort wayne i come home for holidays and people are like gosh like how's the statue of liberty <laughs> like you must go all the time you must eat the best hot dogs um and i was like well actually like rochester new york city is like the same distance as like Rochester to Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. Like that's how big New mm -hmm. York state is. Um, but so we, I, I mean, I would still get down to New York probably like every couple months though. Cause everyone I went to school with was pretty much from New York and New Jersey. Um, so it gave me like, I have a lot of East coast friends. Mm. 
did you feel like the culture and like the pace and like that sort of thing was different there or uh, like how does it compare to the Midwest as far as like the people, the culture, the uh, community, the the resources, things like that? Yeah, I mean, I would say Rochester in particular is not very indifferent than Fort Wayne. Hmm. I would say it's kind of in that same regrowth period of like industry and like trying to revitalize their downtown right now, especially. Um, but what's cool about upstate New York specifically is you have Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse. So you kind of have this like three major cities all within like an hour, hour and a half drive of each other. Um, so I think you guys recently went to Niagara Falls. So like we would like go over to Niagara Falls for like a day just to like hang out, mm -hmm. walk around uh, Canada, and then we'd go back to school for class that afternoon. So, I mean, like those things were easy. So like that was kind of cool. So as far as like the hustle and bustle though, that like people are accustomed to with New York City, like no, like we didn't, it was similar pacing to here. But Is it close to Buffalo? Yeah, so okay. it goes Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse. Okay. So it's like, I when I got into wedding photography, when I lived up there, I would sh shoot weddings in all three cities. Wow. So it was kind of like a big pot uh, for living in like a similar cost of living situation to here. Wow. So uh, some folks know that see you in your Tesla Model Y. You got you have a pretty nice house for for people who want to get into photography. Like, what is the what is the potential? Like, how much money are you able to make, and what kind of life are you able to afford? So I mean, I I get parents that call me all the time, and they're like, Dustin. I see you on Facebook or like, I know someone who knows you, like my son or daughter, they want to, they want to go to school for photography or art or design. Like, and I see you just like crushing it. Like what would you have coffee with them? Or would you kind of coach me through like what to tell them? Like, I'm just so nervous as a parent, like about to have a child, like go through this. And I try to tell them like, really honestly, like you can be successful in anything you do. Mm-hmm. Like any form of art, like you could be a freaking like painter and just kill it. It's just all about your business. Like, I mean, and how you market yourself and stand out from the rest of the competition. Like, had you asked me like six years ago, Dustin, do you think you'd be like shooting 10 houses a day with a team of others? Like, <laughs> Tony, you're freaking crazy. Um, but like, this is where I'm at. Like, this is where my path took me. Um, and, you know, we made it work and we got successful and we figured out the numbers. Um, so, like, I think you I guess I'm going around in a circle here, but I think you can make anything work. It's just about surrounding yourself with people who can help take you to the next step. And there's so much valuable content now on YouTube and the Internet that I think helps coach you through. But I think the biggest hurdle that artistic people have is just their they put their art first, business second, whereas I think you really have to put business first, art second. That's that's kind of interesting, too, that you say that because we've had a lot of folks reach out to us. And in fact, like one of our mentors, Jay Redding, used to say, hey, you can take me out to lunch. Just make sure that you, you pay. Mm -hmm. You pay for my lunch if you're going to take me out. And I'm going to teach you stuff. But it's difficult to teach someone everything that you know in an hour especially if your mouth is full half the time. So that's that's why we created a course like specifically for that so that, that this would be a good spot to put the course in the uh, actual recording of this. <laughs> that's why we created the course. And so that's always what we uh, like we would encourage you to do too. When folks reach out to you, it's like, hey, everything that I know, 
you can literally find it. It's like nine hours of content and it's right here and it's like $997. Yeah, I know. I know. I've, had, <laughs> I've had so many people say I need to make a course. It's just like my brain goes a million miles a minute and I'm like, I don't even know what that course would look like. I need to just like have a, a week off of just like soul searching on like, cause somebody's like, you should make one on wedding photography. Cause I've got a buddy who has one on wedding photography charges like $2,500 for his course, makes like half a million dollars a year, just letting his course just sell. Wow. And, um, and I'm like, gosh, that sounds great. And then someone's like, well, you could do it on real estate photography too. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And it's like, or you could do one on uh, four realtors on real estate marketing. Mm. It's like, oh, that sounds interesting too. So there's all, so many avenues I could go down and I'll get there eventually. Just got to figure out which one makes the most sense. I'll help you make an outline. I'm pretty good at outline that. maker. <laughs> yeah. I say it's a, it's definitely hard whenever you want to help people. And then you're like also taking away from your business, correct? from your time, from your family and stuff. And like, that's always been the difficult part is like people like Jay helped us get started. But now the more that we get known and the same thing with you, the more that you advertise, the better that you are, the more people they're going to reach out. And eventually you're going to have to say no. And you're going to have to get shorter with people than you'd like to, even though you want to help them. And like, that's kind of where we're getting to is like, man, I want to help so bad. And I really do. And, but like, I literally cannot, it's going to like now take so much from you that it's like, but in order to still help them, then I think you're going to have to create a course or something. Cause it's like, man, I want to help. And obviously you're going to make money too, but that's okay. As long as you're still like wanting to help the people and stuff like that is our intention and goal for making the whole thing is like, man, I, I can't, I can't keep taking out time of my day to help everybody. Right. Which is crazy. <laughs> like that's a, that's a hard thing to like accept, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough because you, especially if you have like a servant's heart, like you just want to give, give, give. And then when you have kids, especially, it's like, you're like, okay, I, I need to be home. I need to, you know, take care of these guys, make sure they know who their freaking father is. Yeah. I got a personal question now, actually, mm-hmm. because uh, something that I've noticed that I've struggled with is that whenever I'm in a long-term relationship where like if you have kids or like your parents or your good friends, I've noticed that I'm more likely to give somebody new more of my time because I'm like, man, this person's new. They want help or something. And then I forget about my priorities. So I'm like, oh, I'm always going to be with them. Do you find yourself doing that at all? Or do you usually like, no, this is my priority. My wife, my kids, my friends are my priority. So I'm sorry that you need help right now. But like my priority is my family. Mm. So to reiterate the question, it's like whether or not like prioritizing current existing relationships over new relationships? Yeah, in general, I just think that like, uh, for me, I think that my wife or like my kids or like my family, my good friends should be, in my opinion, like the ones that I will be more intentional with that I'll spend time with, but they usually get what's left of me after I go and have meetings with new people because they're Mm. reaching out to me saying, hey, I want advice, I want help, I want this, and then I wanna give them all that. Then I get home at nine o'clock at night, and then now they get me for another 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I'm exhausted, now they're getting what's left of me. So do you find yourself getting more like that, or are you more like, no, my priority is them, and I'm sorry, I can't help you right now? No, I wouldn't say, like, I'm pretty good now. Maybe when I was first getting started, uh, when, like, realtors would call me, like at all hours and like, Hey, Hey, I just have a question. I want to pick your brain about like this property. I'd be like, babe, can you, can you do bedtime tonight? Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I need to take this real quick. Um, and I'm still like bedtime is like my biggest hurdle. I'm trying to get better at, 
Um, but no, like I would say now that we're in a place of, uh, we're, we're very comfortable, um, with how many clients we have and the people we're serving and the relationships we've built. Um, I'm good about like just shutting the phone off and kind of just saying like, you know, they can leave a message. I can get back to them. Um, part of what I'm excited about, about having this new admin come on is like those kind of people can kind of like, she can be my gatekeeper. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like kind of filtering those into like scheduling, you know, set times like, hey, Dustin has time twice a week to talk to those people who are just yep. solely looking for advice, solely looking for help. Um, and like because, again, we're just we're just trying to get back time mm-hmm. um, with those that we love, those that we care about, um, because that's a huge priority for me this year is to kind of reshift the focus. Yep. We've done the building. The building is good. Like we have the pieces that are all in place crush it to kill it but now we need to like not lose sight of the ones that helped us get there Mm -hmm. so well let's let's talk about that then how did you get to the point where you actually did build it and then how do you know when to stop building because that's a hard part for people is they keep getting and getting and getting and then it's hard to know okay i've got enough now i need to prioritize my family how did you build to that point and then how did you know when enough was enough did you pre-plan it did you guys talk about it or you just like we can support our bills now uh, no. So that's like the funny thing. The, the more I reflected on this the last few weeks, um, is like, again, like I said earlier, like real estate photography was not something was not in the plans. It wasn't like, all right, we're going to get to this point, And then in this year, we're going to just pivot completely into houses. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of just happen chance. We shot a wedding, um, and the bride's mom, who was a pretty predominant realtor here in town, saw the photos and she was like, Hey, the photos you took at the church were like really good. Do you do real estate or houses? Like, would you ever consider that? And I was like, I mean, I I can do anything, right? (laughs) That's like my thought. And so I said, sure. And that like somebody saw those photos that led to this person, that led to this person to led to this person. And the next thing you know, it's like dominoes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there might be something here. Um, Cause again, we, we came in as like, we're going to be the most expensive. And, and people were like, I'm willing to pay to have, you know, better stuff. And so then like from there, we're just like, okay, how much do we need per month, um, to really be sufficient? Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're like, okay, hit those numbers. And they're like, how much was it just out of curiosity? I I couldn't, couldn't even tell you. Like, I don't. And then how long ago was this like in 2018 when you feel like 2018? Cause at that time, like the real estate income was like, okay, we want crown molding. How many houses do we need to get? to get crown molding yep. throughout the house or like how much to get wainscoting added to the staircase or yep. um, like add like the epoxy floor to the ground. It was just like a game to me almost like how many more houses to do this, to do that, yep. to have like a bar in the basement. Um, Dude, I got to say something real quick there uh, and then I want you to continue that. But that is like so good to do is like break it down exactly like that. If you break down the numbers, it's crazy how much simpler it is for your mind to go out and get it. So yeah. like I love that. 100%. Um, so yeah, so then from there, I was like, that's kind of when it became a business. It started as like a side hustle game that I was really driving to like, oh, I want to like do nicer things in my house. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, before I know it, like those, the beautiful thing about real estate versus weddings is like, it's repeat. Mm-hmm. So like now that realtor is calling me for every house and I'm like, oh, okay, it's starting to feel like a business. And so then, yeah, we were, my wife was like, like when are you giving up the house thing, Dustin? We've built the house. We have it. You can give it up now. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I started to see the path forward to getting my weekends back. 
Mm. And at that time we only had two children and, and so we weren't like in that phase of life where we had t-ball games or ballet performances yet, but I could see it coming. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was much harder to train other wedding photographers than it would be to train other real estate photographers. And so I was like, this seems like this could be a more sustainable business long term where I could actually work on the business, whereas I currently worked in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I wanted to get to. And that's where I finally feel like after, you know, five years, like we we are there. Like I'm able to sit down here with you guys right. while my other two are out shooting houses. That's awesome. Um, so I'm like I'm making money while I'm sitting here. So it's like I can go on vacations without like losing money, I'm still making money. Yep. So like, I would say that's where I feel like, okay. And then also like critical mass, like, you know, we're already, I would say the biggest real estate photography company in Fort Wayne or probably even like Northeast Indiana. So then the question becomes like, in terms of growth, like continual growth, it's like, do we hit other markets? Do we Mm -hmm. go after South Bend? Do we go after Indianapolis? So those are questions like we as a team are discussing, um, like, like, do I want that in my life? Do I want to add more stress? Do I want to like, you know, when is enough enough Mm -hmm. to, you know, go back to your question. And it's like, you know, my kids are young right now. It's like, I want them to, I want to be present in their lives. And I feel like I've been grinding so hard for the last five years that I'm ready to kind of like be present for a little bit Mm -hmm. until they're, you know, all in school. And then maybe we'll kick up the machine again and start the grind all over again. Yep. That's awesome. I'll say that's what that's what I like too is that you can always think about what is the life that you want to create, and then that's why I'm thinking the course might be perfect for you too. Like maybe mm. you do take some time out, you you make a course or something, that's still helping people because that's what I always think about. I was like, if you stop growing, then now you, and like spend time with your family, I always think about how many people am I not helping by doing this? Like my decisions are affecting a lot of different people, but if you had a course or something, you continue to still be present and you're still helping a massive amount of people. Right. And so then I'm like, oh, that might be able to still do both of what you're trying to do. You get all your time and it doesn't take any more of your time, no more stress added. And then bam, you're still making more money and you get more time with your. Well, and, yeah, and you're saving money on future therapy bills for your kids yeah. because you got to be a present parent. There you go. <laughs> See, that's, that's like a, that's tax benefits. Correct. Stuff. That's like the, that's the side benefits of it. That's the futuristic thinking. <laughs> that's where I'm at. So Dustin, do you have rental properties? Yep. How, how'd you get started in that? What inspired you mm-hmm. and how many rental properties do you have? Just walk somebody through the reasons why and like your mentality. Yeah. So to kind of, so my, uh, two kind of twofold, uh, the realtor or not realtor, sorry, photographer in New York that I worked for, for a few years, uh, he had like, I don't know, 10, 12 properties in New York, um, all multifamily. And I get, like that, just that lifestyle that I saw him living through having those. I was like, gosh, it was just seemed like perfect. And at the same time, uh, my dad, actually, he had picked up a commercial property. And he said that like the money that I generate from this is what I'm contributing to your college. And then at the end, when you graduate, I'll sell the building and I will have paid nothing for your college. I'll get all that money back. Long story short, he still owns that property to this day because <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, I was like, gosh, like I just see like passive income just started like getting into my head. I was like, I need to figure out a way to obtain this um, because that seems like that's the long term goal for, you know, wealth building. And so 
my wife uh, is a doctor. And so when she was in med school down in Indy, we ended up in Indy instead of the Carolinas or the California like I wanted, but it's fine. Not bitter <laughs> at all. Um, but when we were like trying to decide where we were going to move after she finished med school, you know, it was pretty clear that she wanted to move back home to Fort Wayne. And so I found a land contract deal um, in Fort Wayne. I was like, how about this? Like, let's buy this house on land contract, rent it out. And then when we're ready to move back to Fort Wayne, like it'll have paid us back our down payment. And she's like, okay, yeah, sounds great. My dad helped kind of like secure the deal. And we got the house and the couple was like this sweet old couple that we ended up renting it to. And they're like, we're going to die in this house. Like we're going to be here forever. And I was like, Oh gosh, like, this seems, <laughs> this seems perfect. <laughs> and so then like fast then forward they died 30 <laughs> days later. And <laughs> well, they moved if they're from Ohio and they moved to Fort Wayne uh, for health reasons uh, to be closer to like major hospitals to be in like a state that's rated worse on like the, <laughs> the least healthy states in America. Ironically, when I did get the house back, like there were Pringles cans, like full oh. of <laughs> cigarette butts. And I'm like, Oh, it's like, gosh, you'd be surprised at how many people we see that are like on ventilator smoking oh oh gosh uh i think it was sasha that had i photographed for sasha and anthony yep and we do before and afters for all of their oh, projects awesome. and oh, i can't tell you some of the befores that i've walked into for them like one like she scrubbed the walls and like pulled the paintings and pictures off the walls and you could see the outlines of yeah. where like the yeah. like shelves were were because of all the freaking smoke that was yep. in that house that is funny like Oxygen, yeah, carcinogen. <laughs> <laughs> Just need a hit of both to survive. <laughs> yep. But so yeah, so uh, long story short, uh, picked up that land contract, rented it out, uh, decided uh, we liked getting the passive income and the rent money from that, and so we stretched ourselves to buy a, a house for us to live in when we moved back to Fort Wayne, and then quickly got addicted to that feeling, and then so we bought a duplex uh, in the 08 and everyone thought it was crazy to invest in the 08 at that time um what year this would have been about five years ago okay um back when it was not as cool as it is now yep which i don't even know if it is cool now but oh wait no it, it's it's coming up we got ophelia's we got the wells corridor really trying to i still don't like it but i know yeah you know <laughs> i mean most, <laughs> most people don't like it I, I don't know, man. I see a lot of people. They're always talking about how great it is. And they're like, they love the 08. And like everybody keeps buying there. I'm like, man, I see the 08 is the same as 06. It's just, yeah. Like, well, it's, I think it's, it's not that bad. It's like a step up a little bit, but it's. Well, it well, like, doesn't mean we won't buy there. Yeah, we'll buy <laughs> anywhere. Send, please call us. Yeah, send we'll us buy the our, leads. We buy 06, send 03, 08, all, all everywhere. We'll buy me. it. Send us all the leads. <laughs> we'll buy it all. We'll buy it all. But I think it's just like West Central's gotten so saturated that. Yeah. And overpriced. starting to go over. That like, yep. yeah, it's starting to bleed over into the 08. Yep. But, um, but yeah, so bought a duplex over there, um, which has done freaking really well for us. What through, street's it on? Uh, Putnam. Okay. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. So we get your letters all the time for it. <laughs> but, um, it, so we Airbnb both sides. Wow. And so we bought that house for like, I want to say like 30,000 bucks. Yep. Um, five years ago. And, now we rent each side for like two grand a piece. Wow. So that's insane. Yeah. We've done a lot of work to it since we right. got it. But How much did you put into it? Oh gosh. Probably like 20,000 bucks. That's not even, that's a lot. 
A lot for me. Dude, $50,000 investment bringing in uh, four grand a month. But it was like a slow drip. So like someone move out. I mean, all right, let's do the floors. Someone yeah. move out. Like, oh. all right, let's do the cabinets. Someone moved out. Let's do new countertops. Yep. Uh, let's paint it. That's so, awesome. And then finally, we're like, we've done just en- enough on one side. We're like, let's just freaking Airbnb it. Yep. And then the other side, I was like, needed a full overhaul. Mm. And so we're like, well, and then you're like already paying for Wi-Fi for one. It's a duplex. Yeah. Put the router in the middle. Boom. Yep. So we're already paying. It doesn't have split utilities. So we're already paying utilities. Yeah. Might as well Airbnb. Correct. That's awesome. So that's been really good to us. Uh, we, we got into the lake world and Ooh. bought a lake property to Airbnb. And that turned into a nightmare. So we sold that. This, Where was it? Uh, on Crooked Lake. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It didn't do well? No, it did really well. Okay. The neighbor was like a pain in my ass. Like mm. constantly calling me. Oh, there's a beer bottle out here like next to my pier. How did he get your number? Um, so just like the people like that sold it to us off market were like, best friends with them and or not i wouldn't say best friends but cordial with their neighbors everyone at the lake is like family and so we went up there and they were pissed from the get-go that they didn't have an opportunity to buy before we did because mm-hmm. they were like we wanted that we would love to have our kids own that so we could be next door to each other and i was like sorry like right place right time um and so yeah so it was kind of like their life mission to make my life hell Really? And it just became to the point where my wife was like, you have to get rid of this. Did like, you sell it to him? No. Oh. I offered it to him, though, like because I was like, I don't want the next person that buys it to have the same relationship that yep. I did. So I went to him and I said, hey, like, I can't be bullied any longer, like, for my own mental health, my family's health. Like, I can't. I just can't. So, like, I'm going to give you first opportunity to buy this off me. He, like, lowballed the hell out of me. And I was like, okay, well, if you want to come back with a serious offer, in the meantime, I'm going to throw it out in, like, Facebook groups and stuff like that um, and just, like, see what people want to pay for it. Because it was a really unique property. It was split up into three lots Mm. with the house being on one of them. Um, And so it was kind of hard to price. And so, yeah, we had some a realtor bring us an offer that felt really good, and he got just livid about it. It's like, you, like, you're going to hell. Like, you lied to me. You said you're going to give me the first opportunity to buy. I'm like, I did give you first opportunity. You offered me 100000 bucks for it. And I was like, it was, it's worth way more. I didn't even – I paid more than that when I bought it. Right. Like, come on, yeah, man. Yeah, why would I lose money? Yeah. <laughs> that's so. interesting. Yeah, that's interesting because that happens a lot. That happens a lot with people and like uh so when you say he bothered you though and he like made your life hell like how long did it go on for and what kind of things did he do and like what did you try to like stop it so yeah he would text me at all hours like hey like there's like they have people over here like causing noise having a bonfire down by the water like my i work you know at 6 a.m because they live there year round mm-hmm. that was the other thing it wasn't mm-hmm. like somebody who was just coming up for the weekend like that was yeah. their house and we were renting it every day, all day, all the time. And, you know, just that transient traffic and also being like an hour away, harder for me to like validate like stories he would tell me um, and things like that. Like, um, cause we tried to limit it to people cause it was a small little like studio style cottage. So we we're like, oh, two people. But then they'd come to Angola and then their entire family reunion from Angola would like come to be on the water with them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, little things like that that, like, it doesn't bother me. I'm here in Fort Wayne. But clearly, it was bothering him. Mm. Um, and then, like, if people left trash out um, near the water, 
like he would just throw a conniption and like text me, send me pictures, call me, threaten to call the cops. Why didn't you block him? I really should have. But at the same time, it's like he was also my eyes and ears up there in the mm. event that something did seriously happen. I'd be like, if it were me, I would just block him, wait for the police to call. Like right. that's so, I'm just so unemotional about stuff like that. I'm like, screw it, dude. If something bad happens, cool. Right. But like uh, we've had a lot of people that threaten us too, and so that's why I ask because I'm sure that people listening have like had a lot of threats and mm. like like it's like hard to know what to do and how yeah. to deal with it. It's like very common though. And it's crazy how how difficult that other people can make it. And everybody thinks that like real estate investors or all these rich people have all this money and can do all this stuff. And they have this perception. It's like, dude, we deal with a lot of bull crap. That's why we're doing like well and why we're getting money is because we deal with so much bull crap during the day that we should maybe make a little right. bit of something. <laughs> oh, I mean, heck, frick. Uh, Christmas morning, we had a wash, like when we had that freeze at a washing machine, um, the like, drain pipe froze oh gosh. and the tenant had decided she was gonna like do all do her laundry. laundry on christmas morning really and freaking flooded the uh airbnb and oh my. so she's calling oh, me the crying. Airbnb? yeah so she's like cr- calling me crying like about like i don't know what to do i'm like this 20 something year old nurse who's never you know turned a valve off or anything and i'm like uh so i'm like walking her through how to like turn the water off to the washing machine and I'm like, can you like get towels on it? And she's like, that's what I was washing. Oh my <laughs> god! I was washing on my towels. Oh my gosh! I was like, oh gosh! Dude. It all worked out. How many? So how many properties do you have then? And then like, uh, how often does stuff like like just issues pop up? I say like you know like once a year, twice a year. Like we get like a little something something yep. pops up. Um, but as far as now, so we sold the lake, so we're down to three doors: one duplex, one single family. Um, we're uh, trying to buy a duplex this year. Um, we've been trying since last year to buy it, but it's sort of a uh, sticky situation that we're trying to navigate. It's a specific one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Correct. Um, so, and if that doesn't work out, I'm sure I'm sure we'll buy something else. We try to buy one property a year. Yep. Um, and just kind of like slow burn that yep. way, because um, it's like our retirement strategy, if you will. Yep. Not so trying all to be, three of them are Airbnbs. Uh, the single family one is a uh, long-term rental. Okay. They've been there for so long, I wouldn't even recognize them if I saw them. What? Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, shout out to Abundance Life Coaching. I see you in Jimmy's uh, Instagram, Jimmy LaRue. He's uh, one of the bros, one of our friends. And uh, Dustin, you invested in some, uh, m- well, it's mostly physical, mostly personal training. And then there's a little bit of mindset stuff and a little bit of life stuff. Uh, what what uh, inspired you to do that and what results have you seen and what have been the benefits? You know, how how did you make the decision that like, yeah, I'm going to get like some personal training coaching? Sure. Yeah. No. Um, so I'm friends with another mutual friend of your guys is Jordan Wildman. And I just have seen like his progress and his growth through personal development and things like that. And we made the decision um last year for this year that we were going to put in a swimming pool and i was like gosh like all the kids are going to be over here all the friends all the adults i'm going to be in a swimsuit like all the time um i want to be confident in my appearance Mm -hmm. and i was just you know at a real producer event which is like a local real estate get together once a month and jordan was on the panel 
and I'd been following like Jordan and Jimmy on social media, like on what they had done together. And like Jordan lost like 20 to 30 pounds, I think, uh, working with Jimmy and Jimmy had come out to support Jordan talking on the panel. And I thought that was super cool. And I was just like, gosh, like it feels like kind of God aligning this guy in my path. It's someone that I had seen on social media, thought about reaching out to. And I was like, no, like just do it yourself, like figure it out. Um, and then seeing him like in person, it felt like, like God was like throwing him in my path. Like, Hey, Mm. here he is. Like talk to him. And so I talked to him, like scheduled a time to talk to him on the phone, kind of like dive deeper into what we wanted to accomplish. And yeah, been doing it ever since. Um, it's probably like one of the biggest, best investments that like, I think you can make in yourself is your health. Yeah. Um, you can't, you know, get it back, so to speak, at least not easily. <laughs> yeah. So I wish, wish I could have started like 10 years ago. What would you say? Uh, so uh, I was actually, we just did a podcast with another guy who talked about health and he talked about health is like, you know, your mental, spiritual and your physical health. Mm-hmm. What has he done for each side of that? Like, has he helped you with your spiritual health, your mental health and your physical health? Or what would you say on those three points? What, what I think is cool about, uh, Jimmy, or as I like to call him James, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, it's kind of like he, he will give or pour into whatever, side of that spectrum that you're looking for. Yep. So like for me, initially it was like all about health. Like yep. I wanted, you know, to get healthy. Well, then he invites you to Bible study. You're like, okay, you know, um, we already went to church and everything and, uh, go to the same church as he does, which we didn't know at the time. Yep. Um, and so we're like, okay, that kind of kept us committed to like, okay, we're going to go every Sunday instead of just like when we happen to wake up. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this year we're going to make bigger effort to like try to go to this Bible study thing he does like, which opens your eyes to other things. And then, um, as far as mindset goes, it's just like, you know, having conversations with someone that kind of like can put things in different perspectives than you might've thought of because of how you were brought up or your, how you were raised, um, can really help shift and help, uh, realign, uh, where you think you can go or how you think you can respond to a given situation. Mm -hmm. So I think it's huge. Um, I think he's going to, He's pretty much convinced my wife and I that we're going to do uh, Psy Basic coming up this summer. That's awesome. Because we couldn't do it last year because we had a wedding. And just, again, God thing, it's like we don't have a wedding that weekend that it's happening. Wow. So it's like, and we normally have a wedding every single weekend. Um, Lock it out. Well, and that was the thing. We made an intentional effort this year to have one weekend off every month. Yep. And that happened to be the weekend. Wow. So. That's awesome. Feels like it's meant to be. Yeah, I would say because I, I think there is a big correlation, though, between your mental health and your physical health. Like if you're not healthy mentally, it's very difficult to be healthy physically. And then whenever you're healthy physically, it's actually easier to become healthy, healthier mentally as well. Like they, they're more in line than people think. Like, uh, you know, whenever people talk about being depressed and stuff, it's like, well, are you working out? Are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. OK, that makes sense because like you're not doing what you expect out of yourself and now you're not happy with yourself. So you're going to be less happy mentally. And a lot of times it's a, it's the way you think about things. You're thinking about it in a certain way that's preventing you from actually getting to the gym. So it's interesting how intertwined they are. So, yeah, I'm really glad that he like brings them all up because I think they're all so important and they're actually more aligned than people think most people 
dude, I just want a six pack. Stop telling me all this freaking like mindset stuff. Right. When like whenever you can get the mindset stuff, that's gonna get you the six pack because whenever you're thinking about what you want to eat more, then you're gonna remember. Oh gosh, if I remember Jimmy said this one thing, and then it like remind it reminds me that what I want in the future is better than what I'm gonna have in the short term. So hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and I think too when you're in that hustle grind stage of building a business it's so easy to like let one or you know both or whatever go 100 percent um but like trying like if i could give one word of advice to people in that grind is like don't don't let that go like prioritize the time make that like a part of building the business is like being a healthier happier version of yourself is only going to propel that business further faster better yeah i think that's great advice actually because i think that most people and then myself included i remember telling myself this i'm like man i'm just gonna i'm gonna uh work out once i get to a certain place Mm -hmm. once i get there i'm gonna grind this business out once i get there then i'm gonna get in shape then i'm gonna work out well it didn't i mean tony knows this i usually think things are gonna take a lot less time than what they actually do i'm like oh man i'll have this like i was going to paint my house one day i was like this will be done in a day took me three 12 hour days because i just i believe that i can do it so much faster so if you tell yourself that you're going to wait until something then it might take a lot longer and then it just goes down so far down that like yeah you're just it's it's too late at that point yeah and like you said while you're doing it if you can build it while you're going through it your business is actually going to shoot up more because you're going to have more energy you're going to be happier you're going to be able to actually do better in the business because now you're not setting that aside letting one side you know your business go up and your health stay down here and now you're like in conflict with yourself and what your own expectations are and beliefs yep. so yeah i think you're 100 percent on and if you can build these habits before you have children even easier really i'm doing i'm building after the fact mm. so it's like a little bit more challenging but yeah. dude i love that i love that you don't use that as an excuse either because i hear a lot of other people that use that as an excuse why have kids okay so what i always tell people myself this is a mindset thing i always tell people to ask themselves is there other people who are working out who have kids okay so it's possible so stop telling yourself that you can't do it it's more difficult. I will give you that. It mm-hmm. is more difficult. And I, yes, I cannot relate because they're always like, well, you don't have kids. You don't know what it's like. You're right. I don't know what it's like. But is there other people who are doing it who have kids? So it's possible. So instead of you saying, I can't do it, and this goes to any situation, whatever situation you're in, whether you have kids, whether you're you know, working 12 hours a day, like whatever excuse that you put yourself in, ask yourself, is somebody else in the same situation as you and still working out or doing whatever it is that you wanna do? So if they are, then you know it's possible. So now instead of thinking, I can't do it, and telling your reasons why you can't do it, like you basically have to come to terms with, I'm choosing not to do it. Mm-hmm. That That is, if you say that, I'm completely okay with it. I'm like, cool, you're choosing not to do it. That's a fact. That's okay. If you say I can't do it, that's bull crap and I'm gonna call you out. And if you really want it, then ask yourself, how can I? And that's a great question. David Goggins actually doesn't even go that far because that's more like, that's more empowering. Uh, I was listening to David Goggins and he was just, it's more like a a sense of wonder and a sense of like, who could I become? So he asks himself, what if, what if I did that? Like, how would I feel about myself then? Mm. What if I did that? Mm. Then, then like maybe, uh, I would be the exception. Like, what if I did that? How cool would that be? And so he starts to more like fantasize on like the possibility Mm -hmm. than like trying to figure out what to do more like, 
if I play around with my mentality and I start to uh, daydream about the potential future and then I go like, wow, that potential future would be really, really cool and breathe a bunch of energy into that potential future. It's like, wow, that's compelling. And that makes me want to take action. Now I can ask, how can I? Because, you know, some people don't want to go from from I can't to how can I? They need like a step in between. So just ask yourself, what if you did? Mm. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> and think about just how proud your kids yeah. could be of you of like, wow, yeah, dad's really like working out. So that way, like when you get to that point where like you're at freaking Disney World and your eight-year-old daughter like, you know, trips and like twists her ankle, now you have the strength to like carry her to something. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you might not have because you chose like, oh, I have kids, I can't work out. Yep. Yeah, it's like you have kids, so you should work out. Correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, like you're, you're trying to now extend your longevity to yes. support them. Yep. Like you want to be able to walk them down the aisle, yep. like go to their graduation, like be at all the things and not being like a freaking wheelchair because yep. you chose to eat Snicker bars for the rest of your life. Yep. And you know what that is? That's mindset. That's just a shift in your mindset because like it's it's funny because you're hitting the same circumstances. You have the same circumstances, but you're changing your perspectives about it. Instead of using your kids as an excuse, now you're using them as your motivation. Correct. Your situation didn't change. The story that you told yourself about the situation changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting some ending questions here. Mm. What was your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? My favorite or most interesting failure? Gosh. Mm. Most interesting failure. I don't know. have to think about that one <laughs> I don't know, like, not to say that i haven't failed i've failed plenty um well, what's in, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned because you know with a lesson usually comes some sort of pivot sure what's um, the greatest lesson that you've learned so i had an i had an opportunity where to uh, photographed an event or and then there was like one photo that um that was missed and and i didn't realize it at the time and after the fact, I was like, gosh, like now you screwed up. And it's a humbling experience to realize like you screwed up. Um, and you're like, okay, kind of going into mindset is like, I don't want to just call and be like, Hey, I screwed up. I wanted to have a solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. So like that helped me work through like, okay, if we have future problems like this, like always, always come up with like a win win ahead of time. So that way, like, they're not like, you're just presenting the problem. You're mm -hmm. presenting the problem, and this is how we can fix it. Yep. And so I'd recommend that to anyone if, like, you screw up in any way. It's like, okay, come up with how the fix before you tell the person you've screwed up. Yeah, that's a great, that's great. Because then it was like, okay, here was what I did, but we're going to, like, be together again in two weeks. Let's just redo it. Mm -hmm. Like, no big deal. They didn't receive it well, but I would think, I would yeah. think that, uh, others would. Yeah. And that's, that's on them. That's what I always tell people too, is if you, if you create that structure, that's on them, how they receive it. That's not on you. You provided a structure that is like your intentions were to fix the problem and like do it. It's not about how they receive it. That's their responsibility. Correct. Yes. All right. Legacy question. Have you seen this question before? Oh, are we, oh, we still got the switcher still working. Okay. <laughs> Legacy question. Um, 66 years from now, 
That's you're on dying. Your, you're on <laughs> your deathbed. You're on your deathbed, and uh, you get a final message to the world. Mm. It could be a sentence, a mantra, a paragraph, a billboard in Times Square. It's your legacy message, the message that people are going to remember you for. And uh, it's your message to the world. It's your message to your community, to your kids, to something that you think that the world needs to hear. Sure. What is your message? <sighs> Sell to LTD property. <laughs> Let's put that on his tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> we will pay the additional money to have that. <laughs> yeah. We don't care that he was cremated. Like, we're still putting that. Um, no, I would probably say, gosh, it's so deep. Um, something to the extent of, like, our time on this mortal plane is is rented. Like, we don't own this time. Like every day is a gift and you know, like what a gift that like the three of us like woke up alive today mm-hmm. and like what we choose to do with that time, you know, it's really up to us. And so it's just like, make the most of the time you have and love on the ones you love, give to the ones you can give to and have a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, our listeners should get a hold of you by, going to Instagram and looking up art home photo or sure. going on Facebook or should they, do you have an email or a phone number that they need yeah. to reach out to Art home photo at gmail.com, uh, art home photo.com. All the art home photos are us. <laughs> um, anywhere you can see pictures, you'll see our stuff. If you are on Zillow or realtor.com, you've seen our work. Um, if you've seen any of these guys, uh, homes, you've seen our work. Um, we're investor friendly. We shoot for tons of investors, probably not as many as I would like, um, because most of them are cheap, but, um, <laughs> um, you just offended like 90% of 90% of your audience. <laughs> cool. Hot take. Uh, frugal. Oh, you're ju- frugal. you're just too expensive. <laughs> That's right. No, you just don't value good marketing. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we take, probably close to 90% of the real estate photography in Fort Wayne and the surrounding area. So we're always continuing to grow in this market uh, specifically. And um, yeah, if anyone needs help or we can serve someone in that way, uh, we'd love to have a conversation. Boom. Awesome. Well, uh, do you have any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Um, gosh, Invest in your health this year. Invest in your mindset. Um, Psy Basic is coming up. I don't know if you guys have talked about that on this at all. Or it's uh, from all that I've understood from you guys have both been through it a million times, um, and others. I'll be there, um, and yeah, should be a good time. Uh, if you're looking to take your marketing to the next level, like I said earlier, like we're happy to help. Um, I think this year, especially like video is going to be king. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep preaching to people like if you can fine tune your video marketing um, for whatever business you're in, doesn't have to be real estate. Um, I think that's going to really set you apart as this market in this economy sort of shifts and pivots your social media in tandem with how you present yourself in video. So, yeah, and we do all of that. So I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Thanks, bro. See you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.